Welcome to the Recovery Hour podcast, where we choose to recover out loud by sharing our personal stories of inspiration, hope, and triumph. Together, we can end the stigma and shame typically tied to mental illness and the disease of addiction. We are proof that recovery does happen. Joy and laughter may be involved. This is the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. Welcome to the Recovery Hour. This is your host, Lori Winfeld, and I am here with my good friend, Dara Meyer. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you, my dear friend? <laughs> That's such a welcome. Just came off the street and decided to do this podcast. Love it. We're knee deep in the holiday season right now, and it's a shit show. That's all I have to say. I don't know if you're feeling the same way or not, but in my life, it's a shit show. And so today we're just going to talk about the holidays, the season, what's happening. Your 10 years of recovery is coming up, which is so exciting. We have New Year's coming up, which, well, New Year, the New Year, New Year's Eve. Does that ever, do you ever get into that? Do you ever have like the grammatical like fight throw down with other people when they say New Year's? Because it's not New Year's, it's New Year's Eve or New Year. Right? Right. The new year or yeah, New point. Year's Eve. But people will be like, Happy New Year's. And you're like, no, it's Happy New Year's Eve or Happy New Year. Right. Yeah. No, if they if they had that S, you're kinda like, you're just not smart. I don't know. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. You're just not smart. Okay. Whatever you want. You're leaving out a word. So And then there's this new thing too. Well, I don't know if it's new, but it's just new to me. And I was reading about it and I wanted to talk to you and get your thoughts on it as well. Holly Whitaker with Tempest was talking about seasonal affective disorder and she calls it sad, which is interesting. Have you heard of that before? I do have. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's awesome. I would say my girlfriend suffered from it massively. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it was a thing, but it makes perfect sense. Like, I feel like after reading just kind of a blip of her newsletter from Tempest, and essentially the gist that I was getting is basically on a specific, you know, for her, it was right after Halloween. And I'm telling you what, I say this every freaking year. I'm like, I don't know what it is between November and December, but I am off. I'm like, I should be, I should be in the middle of a fucking farm somewhere, just literally sitting with a book and some coffee and no people until January 7th. And I don't know why the 7th, but that's just what I need. So yeah, she, she, um, she always plans fabulous trips. She's, she's not married. She doesn't have kids. Um, she's quite, She's very well to do, and she will plan massive to Miami, to wherever, anywhere that she wants to go during this time because she needs the sun. She needs to be outside. She needs to be. So this year is tougher. This year is very tougher than, you know, she's not recovering. What are you doing? Whatever you're doing is with your, um, sorry, break, with your computer? What am I doing? It's touching and it's like, oh, that's but weird. I know. See, right, let me do it again. Let me get one of my many books that I don't read. 
Maybe if I lift it up. Um, anyway, yeah, she she just don't touch it. This is I wasn't touching it. Oh, maybe is that the comforter was maybe it was my legs. This is what I'm going to tell you. This recording is going live. If that even makes sense, okay. So we're pre-recorded but live. This is an unedited. No, we're going to put this on, and we're not edit. I'm not editing anything. It is what it is. Okay, I'm here. No, I know. I'm just telling you that. So, you know, you'll be able to hear that sound. (laughs) I'm telling you, so you'll hear what I'm hearing on this end when we pop. Can you not hear it now? No. No, it was like you grabbed the. Are we good? We're great. Just don't touch your computer. Okay. Don't move your legs. Don't touch it. Okay. So, I already got my kids to like not come bother me. Can you imagine? I mean, this is the thing. You know, as a mom, you could literally have silence in your house for seven straight hours. And as soon as you make a peep, they're on you, on you like glue. So is this friend of yours? I I just, them, and I was like, just eat whatever you want, watch whatever you want. Like do whatever, like download my apps. Like here's my password. I don't really care. Like just give me an hour. Just an hour kids. And then my husband's like, I need my haircut. I'm like, uh, Okay, great. And was that like, I need my haircut as in you should go get the clippers or that he has to run to the barbershop? No, no. Oh, please. His hair is his gem. I could never touch it. It's like oh. he has very specific, specific place he goes, a very specific cut. It's very, you know. And of course, he's, it not, he's not going to a barbershop. I just trust you. It's not a barbershop. Does he get a hand massage while he's getting his um, haircut? No, he probably has like a glass of whiskey. You know, yeah. it's just, it's all, it's Pete's getting massaged. Yep. He spends more on his hair than I do. I, it's so funny. I have a friend whose husband is literally, he'll come and tell us about his experience at the uh, hairstylist. He literally gets like his hands wrapped in hot towels and like a paraffin wax while he's getting his hair cut. And he's got like fucking four pieces of hair. I'm like, how, like, you're just basically telling us you're getting a haircut when you're going to the spa is what's happening. But okay. Well, it's Mad Men. It's called Mad Men. So it plays off that whole, um, you know, that whole series and Ray's been told he looks like John Hamm. So it's like he walks in and it's like. Oh, here we go. And they take like extra special care for him. And it takes like two hours. And I'm like, I know I married you for this, but now it's annoying. But it's all good. Anyway. Well, it's annoying. And he's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And he, but he's doing that right now when he knew you had something going on. Is that what's happening? So you're in charge of the kids. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, is it with, um, your friend who did the other one that was cringeworthy about our life. And I never really said, never really listened to it until recently and thought, Oh my God. I was like, yeah, it is. It's with that same friend. He's like, okay, good. Enjoy. So I'm he's going to get my hair. Cut. Yeah. So he's like, this is therapy for him. And it, it's, he's not taking the recovery hour so serious because um, yeah. Yeah. It's like you he's like I can come on and talk about stuff. I'm like, nah, I don't think she cares. I don't think she wants to hear you. 
<laughs> now go go to your little barber shop or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> so it's not a barber shop. It's a full salon. I get a blow dry, okay? I get oh. a blow dry. Oh man, I can't. Okay, so right. sad. So you've heard of this. You have a friend that experiences it. Oh my gosh, I love, I love that it's been identified because I'm I'm a shit show right now and I keep wondering what the fuck is happening. And I love that. Oh, um, well, when, yeah. When the when the sun goes down at what 4:30, like you're like, when do I go to bed? And mm-hmm. you just kind of all stare at each other, like, what are we doing now? <laughs> you know, like it's just it's kind of like you know, it just get it's very depressing as opposed to the summer when it's like light till eight o'clock at night and you're like, oh party, I can go, you know, do whatever. We can go eat outside. Well, this was so um, different. I don't yeah. mind it, but there's a lot of people that do. Well, and the thing for me is I don't feel like I mind it. I just don't know what is happening. Like I like I feel like everything's normal and it's not. And every time I go back to it, I realize it's always the same time of the year. My husband experienced this as well. I had to tell him this recently. Um there's there's always a point of time and typically around October that we start getting into like just weird rhythm and just weird discussions personally. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I think about it. And for him, business-wise, it's year-end, right? And then it's like mm-hmm. they're getting into the new fiscal year. And it's always he's just burnt out, right? He's just burnt yeah. out. And typically, mm-hmm. we have a week that we can go and just like reset we hadn't, we didn't get to do that this year. And so, yeah, it was just really ugly, but I love this article. So I was reading just, like I said, I just had bits and pieces, but what Holly said was for her, when she figured out the first time she experienced the sad, um, which was her mood drastically changing as the days became shorter and the weather was colder. So right after Halloween, the time changed, the sunset at five, everything seemed pointless, bleak, and sad. So I love that. She just said that she was remembering that she was, how was she going to manage the next 70 autumns of my life? And I feel like that's where I am now. I'm like, I'm trying to plan what I'm going to do next autumn because, and who says autumn, by the way, I just said that out loud and it was really weird. It was just a forced word fall. Do you say autumn or fall? Fall, but if it's, it sounded lovely when you said it. <laughs> It sounded lovely. So fall, autumn, whatevs. I just, um, I'm you just don't hear it that often. So you're like, autumn is lovely. I only say that in England. You were reframing your fall to autumn. <laughs> I'm going to be reframing a lot of things this year. So um, I, let me talk about this real quick so I can get it off my chest. And then we're going to go back into uh, recovery and the holidays. We're s- surviving the holiday season in recovery. One of oh, the th- yeah. Yeah, girl. So one of the things that I just experienced, which sucks, and I am glad that I have the opportunity to talk to listeners about this because I have um, failed at getting a few episodes out of late. And the reason is, besides just real life being a shit show, we were burglarized recently. I don't know if I told you this. Um, oh, with your car. My car. So, yeah. so stupid. Like, this is the thing. It it all started so crazily because I'm not a huge four-legged 
span. Like I don't have, we don't have pets. Right. And my kids have been asking for a fucking dog for forever. And I'm like, no, like we're not ever getting a pet. So stop asking. And when I was drunk, um, I actually bought a dog at an auction, you know, those like, like fundraising galas. And it was actually for one of our largest recovery. It's just crazy. Anyway, I was shit faced. There was this little puppy Shih Tzu at the actual event and they put him on my lap and I'm like, I'm in love. I just had a baby. I literally was like, Madison was six months old. So so I'm over there in a live auction, putting my paddle up consistently for a fucking dog. And my husband's in the corner watching me going, what are you doing? Like, he knows how I feel about animals. All my friends at the table are literally telling me, put your fucking thing down. Like, you're not getting a dog. I got the dog. I won the dog. They literally brought the dog to me and said, here you go with its bed and food. And I'm like, oh no, like we have a hotel room. (laughs) Like we're going to finish this gala. Then we're going to go out to the bars and then I'm all dressed up. And then we have a big party tomorrow and we have a hotel. Like, no, I don't want this dog right now. No kidding. Anyway, we got somebody to sit it that night. Like the lady that was fostering it while it was up for auction. I kept it for, I think eight weeks and I gave it away to the babysitter because there was zero chance. Listen, I was drunk. I don't like dogs. I have a six month old at home, likely going through postpartum depression. And who has time for this? So since then I'm like, fuck no, we're not doing this. So recently wild hair, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. And I don't know if it's quarantine or if it's because I'm home and we're not traveling. Cause typically we're just going like busy, 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 always like we're not doing a lot of that right now. So I said, yes, but I'm going to pick the damn thing out. So the dog has to fly from Ohio, right? And the cargo situation coming into our town in Reno, for whatever reason, COVID, they can't do it. They have to fly him somewhere in California. we got to go pick him up. So we go do that. Four-hour drive with our family of five. So I have the three kids, my husband, myself, with all our shit, because we're going to go spend the night and make a, you know, like make some fun of it. Went shopping, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, while I'm going to this, I'm going to volunteer and do, you know, I'm going to host a meeting while I'm gone because it's the Thanksgiving holiday. She recovers after dark. So I bring all my shit with me, right? I have my, I have my briefcase. I have my fucking malfunctioning brand new Dell, which I needed to throw away anyway, but it had all my shit on it, right? So I have my Dell, I have my briefcase, I have all my headphones that you can imagine because I'm trying to like edit the podcast while I'm in the car for four hours. A lot of shit, my life essentially, and my notebooks, which is really the big thing, like everything I think and everything I want to happen, I put on paper and they're all gone. And what I what, what makes me so mad is that I know that my notebooks, which is most important to me, are like on the fucking ground in San Francisco somewhere, like or thrown in a dumpster or someone's like using it as toilet paper on the streets of San Francisco. Anyway, I feel like I just talked about myself a lot, but I needed to get it off my chest that in addition to just holidays and trying to survive holidays in general, also this bullshit's coming up. So on our way to get this adorable puppy that everybody's so excited about, we went and stopped to eat. While we were eating in a restaurant, which by the way, everything is closed down in California. You have to eat outside. We were like a hundred yards away from my car. (laughs) So they busted the back window, hopped in, grabbed whatever they could, which was my briefcase and my son's backpack, and then hauled us out of there. Broad daylight, right? I mean, we were right there. 
So anyway, lots of money down the drain, but I don't give a shit about that. I really care about the fact that I am now computerless and notebookless. And I feel dirty, like I'm all violated. I'm like, I don't even want to go in my car. So I'm, I'm dealing with that. The reason I brought any of this up is because of the podcast. Obviously, I had quite the week. I wasn't capable mentally. I am so happy that I have friends that I can count on like you, that I can just call and we can chit chat and, you know, make this a fun thing because some of the interviews that I've done are now, of course, gone because they're on the laptop that was stolen. Oh, yeah. Because I don't trust the cloud, which is so funny. I have to have, you know, <laughs> it's like I always, I always record to my hard drive, which is again now in someone else's hands. So I feel like um, kind of quitting and I knew that that's just not who I am and there's no reason for that. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to call Dara and we're going to have just an awesome conversation like huge. And we're going to talk about holiday stuff and being in recovery and just put this on air and hope everybody just gets something from it and loves and understands and has compassion for this whack job of a host who also produces and edits her own podcasts and has zero left <laughs> starting from scratch. So there's that. Oh, man, that made me so sad. <laughs> I read it. Like you were just trying to do like a fun family thing and it totally got busted by some two jerks, assholes who just happened to want your crappy dough. Yeah, seriously. The thing doesn't even fucking work right. Anyway, is what it is. But we got the puppy. The puppy's amazing. Um, Oh, yeah. That's that's the the rainbow, right? That's the. And everyone says my husband's so cute because he's not he's not very religious. Like he didn't grow up that way. Um, But he goes. You know what they say is God gives you what you could handle. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Because <laughs> he's like, he doesn't really quote things about God. Um, but the puppy is so good. Like he sleeps through the night. He's semi potty trained. So we really just have to like take and him what out. Is this, what is this dear puppy's name? His name is Keegan. Keegan. It oh. has no, it, that was his name already. Um mm-hmm. And we all were going to change it. We were going to change his name. And so everybody like put names out there and we came down to the top five and we were all like, this is what his name's going to be. And then we met him and was like, "Mm, that's not what your name's going to be. Then everyone decided something different. Someone wanted Teddy. Someone wanted Louie. Someone wanted Bear. Murphy. I'm like, what the fuck? The dog already has a name. Can we just keep it? Because you guys are driving me insane. So Keegan it is. Keegan it is. It's Keegan. He's adorable. New part of the Winterfeld family. That's so nice. Oh, it's so fun. So yeah, so for surviving holiday season, that's something I'm dealing with. Uh, back to what we just talked about, seasonal affective disorder, uh, disorder, sad, Hollywood occur. It's talked about that in Tempest. Love it. Um, go, I'm going to, I'm, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but definitely go check that out because it's just, it rang so true to me. And she gives like some, you know, ways of getting through that, which is how to cope six tips for dealing with seasonal affective disorder. I love it. So check that out at Tempest. And then what do you, I mean, you're coming up on 10 years. Uh Tell us a little bit about what your vices were for any of those listeners that may not have listened to 
By the way, the most played episode of the Recovery Hour is Dara Meyer, an interview with Dara Meyer. Check it Thank out you. if you haven't already. Literally. To the downloads. Thank you. Um, I, I think my biggest thing was that during the holidays, especially when I was in college, it was the time to get back together with your friends that you haven't seen in a while. So in especially Thanksgiving um, and Christmas, but more so Thanksgiving, they have the night before Thanksgiving, it's called Big Wednesday. That's in the U.S. And I don't know if it, uh, I know we have a lot of Canadian listeners. I don't know if that exists, but, um, and Big Wednesday, you just, you like meet up with your friends. You all like try and show how fabulous you look, even though you gained freshman 15 and, you know, like you're just like done up to the nine to go to your local bar. And um, I would just get so wait, you know, I was having fun. I was, I was, you know, seeing everyone and being happy, but I was just getting bombed. I mean, that was like really the goal. And then um, the next day I would, you know, my mom would be hosting Thanksgiving for me and my family and we'd all get together and they haven't seen me. And, you know, I was at, I was up in Boston for school and I come home and I was just, I was just a wreck. I'd be either in the bathroom. I didn't know whether to sit or stand. I would be in my bed trying to sleep. I would try and do hair of the dog and that never worked out. And like, it was just, it was a miserable, I just remember being so miserable, being like, can't this night end? And when you think about that now, I think like, God, what is such an ingrate, right? Like my mom is just trying to bring us all together and have this like lovely meal and us, you know, be family. And all I cared about is that I got so wasted the night before and potentially I'd be going out again that night. So like hurry this up so I can go back out. And like, so it wasn't about the holiday. It was about what I was doing before and after. And, you know, I look back now and I think like, oh, how awful was I, uh, you know, as that, that college student that just wanted to come home and, and get, you know, and, and that was my big priority, not being with family, not enjoying them, not, you know, and that, that's always something that I just, I'm like that, you know, that's just the effects of substance use disorder. Yeah. Who I am. Well, and, and I think also as you grow older, just mature wise, and especially having your own family, you realize like, what the fuck were we doing? Like how disrespectful to, can you imagine our kids? Like now I'm just like, I asked my seven-year-old the other day, I'm like, are you going to be coming to my house for Christmas when you're older and have your own family? And she's like, uh, I don't know maybe. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? Why am I putting this pressure on this kid already? Right? Like you got to come to mommy's for Christmas. I don't care. Let's just be together. Let's just be together. And I think that's what I now realize more than ever. I mean, it's, and that, that was huge learning lesson for me when I got sober, you know, I was nervous, but at the same time, I, I am fortunate that I don't come from a very heavily drinking family. Um, my father has 27 years in recovery and so my two sisters just didn't get that gene. So mm-hmm. they, um, they just like drinking to them is 
irrelevant. You know, one doesn't do it because health, um, just doesn't think it's a healthy way. And my other one doesn't do it because for my other sister, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't I, like, what happened to me? You took it over for both of them. (laughs) You got it all. Sucks. You know, like, but anyway, um, yeah. And then Christmas was the same way. You know, I, I remember Christmas too. And my mom was, we were, you know, I'm half Italian and my mom is, you know, hundred percent. And she would, that was, that's her holiday. It's been her holiday forever. Like, you know, like, I don't care where anybody is in the world. You'll be here at my house where we grew up on Christmas. And she had an Italian dinner, which consists of five courses. So antipas to homemade menagoff to, you know, um, filet mignon to, uh, it went up, uh, like everything, like it would just go on and on and then dessert and then her homemade cheesecake and all. And like, she went all out. Right. So again, did I enjoy those? No, I just didn't. Cause I would be hungover, you know, I just be like, I can't have the cheesecake mom. Like it's going to go right through my stairs. And like, that is so sick. I think like what an asshole I was, right? Like I just want, and she, and you know, like, you know, I think she just kind of accepted it. Yeah. You know? and, and my dad just was like, I've been there. And <laughs> I was just this very selfish college student and after the fact too. And yeah. So how, so through recovery, what has been, what do you think has been your biggest change or how, do you notice that when you were doing that, do you think you were running from anything specifically at these events or you were just so into partying somewhere else? Like, were you just like, I don't know if it was running from something, but I just didn't give it the respect it deserved. Yeah. I I just didn't care. You know, it was, again, selfish. Like, what's going to make me happy? Like, I need a nap. I need to, <laughs> you know, go relax. I need to shower for 45 minutes and hope I can get this all out. I'm going to go work out and sweat it out. Like, or, you know, it was just such a self, like, that really was the crux of my um, drinking was this, this selfishness. Yeah. The very, like, all about me all mm-hmm. the time. And you know, like I always say today, if you know, you call me selfish, you can call me like the biggest asshole, son of a bitch bastard. And I'd be like, whatever. But if you called me selfish, I'd be like, you broke my heart, you know, like, so that's, that's where, that's where it all comes from. You know, I, and today I, I just, I'm just more selfless. And, you know, like, I just see, especially with kids, it's just way different, but there was a time frame where I didn't have kids and I just didn't enjoy the holidays. And, and that was hard because I think mate with the kids, it's easy not to drink. It's not easy, but it's just, you're so distracted. And, but what I learned was that like, I don't have to be forced in the corner with a diet Coke or water, you know, like that, that perception that like everyone's drinking and they have, you know, a a glass of wine or whatever the case is. And now I'm not talking so much about my family. I'm talking about outings or whatever the case is. Like I didn't have to have the diet Coke um, from the, you know, 
the fountain and it'd be like flat and I'd be like sucks and you know like and then I'd be super bloated because it like whatever the point is is that today there's so much there's so many more options yes that I I just love it I'm like I and I think surviving the holidays today for me or not even survive you know to me it's not surviving it's enjoying it's like I will buy myself a lovely glass. I will buy myself and I will bring my own stuff to wherever I'm going. You yes. know, it's a bottle of free, which is alcohol free wine, no alcohol in it. Whether it's, um, you know, I just bought yesterday, I had a party on Friday night where you all went and I bought, you know, mingle mocktails. It's, they're, they're lovely. Um, they have all different flavors. They've made it into whole foods, which is huge. Um, you know, or just to get a LaCroix lemon and ginger beer, put it together with some lime and in a fancy cup and like you're making your own thing. And I think that is an empowerment because sometimes it's just about having something in your hand and or just being part of and not feeling like I'm not part of it now because I don't drink. And that's that's what I learned. You know, I, I learned that like quickly. Um, I'm very open about my recovery and I, I get that a lot of people aren't. So mm-hmm. what, and also even being open, I get that at parties or, or get togethers with others. You don't want to be like, Oh, I'm not, well, I'm not drinking. They're like, well, let's do shot. You know, you don't like want to come out off that way. Cause they're like, Oh, maybe I'll do have a shot. You know, like, like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You do whatever you want. But like I'll go up to the bartender or the host and I'll be like, I'm just putting my free wine you know, which is, like I said, a hundred percent, they do bubbling Chardonnay Merlot. You can, you just put it, give it to the bartender and give them the wink, wink and they get it and they'll pour it for you. There's no corkage fee. There's no nothing. And same with the host and you can go into wherever they want. And that has been, empowering for me too because it's just like I know I could go I could get it like and I don't have to explain myself to anyone and nor am I taking away from their party so for me it wasn't about hiding my recovery it was more like I just I don't want to get into this talk like when they're like why are you not drinking and why <laughs> so I'm like you know what I'll have a glass of free it, and then right. no one's gonna ask me no one's well, gonna and that's That's one of the big things I think is as such a challenge in the beginning for those of us who have alcoholism or who have, you know, who's, who are fighting with, with alcohol, call it what you want. Your relationship with alcohol isn't healthy. And so you want to stop drinking when you go into those situations for the first couple of times and you're not sure what you're supposed to say. People I hear that all the time as a coach is, well, I don't know what to say to people. I don't know how to tell so-and-so. And I always go back with the, like, you don't, you don't have to tell them anything. It's not, it's none of their business, first of all. And it's really so annoying that alcohol has to be the one thing that you have to talk about, right? Like no one goes in and is like, oh, hey, I'm not doing Coke anymore. I hope you guys can like deal with it. It's so stupid, but it is so socially part of life anymore that you feel like you have to. And a lot of us identify as being that person who drinks so much, right? Like that was my thing when I stopped drinking and started going back to fundraisers and galas and, you know, bar parties and those sort of things. I was immediately like, people are going to know 
I don't know what to do. I'm not going to have a glass of wine in my hand. Nobody gives a shit. They just were like, wanted a drinking buddy, right? Like for me, it was just like, why aren't you drinking? Because they were drinking and they needed somebody to do that with them. So regardless of what I had in my hand, which I love, like you said, a lot of times I would come in prepared. So I would go, you know, out here we have casino, like our ballrooms are typically in casinos. So we have the opportunity to go to a bar right before we go into an event, right? So I'll already have a drink, you know, and it's a club soda and a lime, just a club soda and a lime. And somebody will say, hey, I'm going to the bar. You want something? No, I'm good. You know, I've got my drink. So yeah. Um, I think- yeah, that was, and that was part of it too. And when I, I started my job at uh, Billboard, it was a, it was a huge, you know, it's a huge part of going out and it was part of the environment and I had young kids and all this stuff. And I just knew I was in a position then to, as the boss that I didn't want to be like the boss who doesn't drink. And like, you know, there's so much in this world that, you know, may not make sense, but you have to address it. So I did, I took them into a conference room and I said, look guys, I don't drink. I'm in recovery. I mean, I was comfortable, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was about five years ago. And I said, so when I go out and I don't drink, just just know this is why. Because I, I prepped it. Because I didn't want to do it in the throes of the actual event. I wanted to preempt it, I guess. And yeah. that that helped me a lot. Because then my, my you know, my staff that came, reported into me, just, they never said a word. Yeah. You know? There was other people that were there and may have asked me, but they were like, they didn't ask. And that was, that was, that was refreshing because it was a new world for me. It was a new meaning like these people, they don't know me. They don't know me well enough to know. So, so you mentioned when you go to parties, bars, that sort of thing. So you're comfortable, which is awesome is to bring your own drink and it's free is what, is that what you called it? That's a brand that has free because it looks like, you know, a white it's a bottle, wine. right? And, yeah, it's a bottle. And I'll just ask the bartender and say, you know, off to the side, I, I don't drink. And I would ask that you put this on, you know, ice for me. And when I come up, you just give me a glass and no one knows. Good to difference. go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the other thing, let's talk a little bit about some, you mentioned too, and I, this is great, is when you were a drinker or are in early sobriety and you don't really have, I would say the balls to go up to the bartender with your bottle and say, Hey, will you just pour this for me? You're going somewhere either to someone's house or you're going into the bar and you're like, I don't know what to order. And you get so freaked out and you have to just plan ahead and be ready for that. So you did mention, let's talk about those like a little more, the club soda and ginger beer. Is that what you said? What are some of your go-tos other than a lemon seltzer with a ginger beer? Just, you know, pour it again, you know, tell the hostess I'll, I'll have it in here. It's my thing. You know, like I never want to put it on the host to say like, Oh, Dara's coming again. It's even after 10 years, I don't anticipate that. I don't like, this party I went to on Friday night, I'm like, I, I'll, I'll bring my own stuff. Like, don't worry about it. Cause it's just, just annoying, right? Like you're getting like 10 bottles of wine and you got to worry about me. So it's like, I, so I always bring my own. And I think that has always helped me in the sense that like, I can control it if I want it. Great. If I don't want it, great. If you know, like it just, and if I have glass, if I have water, 
fine. Like no one, it just, it's something to just prep yourself, you know? And I think with the holidays, you can prep yourself, whether you're hosting or whether you're not, it's just have your stuff there. There's always usually a section where there's the wine and there's stuff and you can just put it there. It looks like a mixer. No one's going to know any different. Like it just, and you're not hiding it. Again, I was never hiding it for me, even though I get like people, I just was like, I don't want to bring other people Place like, oh, you're not drinking. Yeah. Oh, maybe I shouldn't drink. Oh, or maybe I should look into my problem. Like it, it's, it's a quick, distraction, right? It's a distraction. It, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. let's just, you know. So I would preempt it all the time. That's and so that- cool that you were that you got to that place because so many people are, you know, alcohol. Be, alcohol is like your life, right? And then you just the world revolves around you typically when, you know, you're just so selfish when you're in that, in your addiction. And so to be able to get out of that and say, yeah, I'm just going to go do my own thing and and let myself, um, you know, worry about me, that it, it brought something up when you were talking about that as hosting. And I think that this is a good time to be able to actually share with others as well. If there's family members that are listening right now or, um, others that are dealing with addiction that want want to maybe suggest that their family members listen to this episode is what to do if you are a family member of someone recovering from alcoholism, drug use, addiction, um, even eating disorders. You know, how do you handle that as a host at your home if you have others coming and or, uh, you know, how that affects you? So I don't know if you've dealt with this, but I have well, you just said with your family, you don't have that much drinkers and your dad's recovering, which is great. I have a huge challenge with, with my, with my mother because she is a drinker, right? Yeah. So for her, um, and, and I guess this is what I'm, this is what I'm trying to explain is as a a lesson maybe, or, or just some advice um, for anyone that is hosting parties for my experience with my mom, her, immediate response would be, well, I want to support you. So I'm not drinking. And it's like, don't do that. (laughs) Like, because now you're freaking me out because you're changing your entire life because I know that her life revolves around alcohol, right? Like, and it's not going to be normal. It's already abnormal because I'm not drinking and I'm dealing with that. And now you think you're supporting me, which you're not. And I'm telling you that I'm not right? Like I'm telling you, you're not being supportive. If you don't drink, that doesn't help me. It's helping you in your own brain, but it's not helping me. It's a huge lesson that I think a lot of people that, um, deal with someone in their lives that is sober to think they not drinking is, is, it's a support or a help. And it's like, not really. It's, 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 it may make you feel better, but it's not going to affect me in any way. Like, Unless you're in a situation where the person who has the problem requests that, right? Like if you came in and you were like, hey, mom, I'm feeling really itchy tonight or I'm triggered and I would love it if you didn't drink, right? That would be someone asking and you saying, I want to support you because you've asked me to. But to make the decision yourself to say that this is going to help someone Yeah. So I would say that. And then also, this is something that's so crazy to me. When I was drinking, I never, ever had anything other than alcohol at my house, ever. Like people would come over and I immediately would like, do you want white or red? (laughs) 
right. do you want a beer, um, a vodka, soda, or seltzer? Like what? Right. Right. So of course, when I stopped drinking, I noticed as I'm going to pe- people's houses, I'm like, they literally, you have water out for me. Like that's what I'm get. That's what I get to drink because I don't have, because I don't drink alcohol and I would yeah. get so mad. Yeah. So maybe again, for those drinkers that want to host non-drinking friends and or family, having something other than just water would be thoughtful for that person. 100%. And there's so many options out there. So many. I mean, I just, I just got from Whole Foods on Friday was an elderberry mint, um, mint like lime drink. It was it, it, an elderberry, so good, and yeah. it, it and it was sparkling, and it was just it was lovely. And I just put in one of my copper glasses that I love, like mm-hmm. a Moscow glass, and I just drank it, and like no one and. I was happy as a clam, you know, like that's what, because there are options now today, you know, there's a lot of options. I mean, obviously restaurants aren't that, you know, they're not that great right now. Not summer. So we're not eating outside, but when there was, and I, you know, I used to take screenshots of, of places with mocktails on their uh, menu, which is something you haven't, seen but some of the very more high-end restaurants especially in in New York City would have them and I would take their screenshots and I would be like this is something I can replicate you know yes and that and that's huge like to have that exist today it, it just shows you how it has changed so for a hostess to have more options than just um you know, wine and vodka or whatever the case was Mm -hmm. like that was like me. I, it's so normal. It's like normal. A lot of people don't drink like my sister, not because she has a problem. She just, right. I'm not going to drink. And so she just, she doesn't want to just have water, you know, a nice, a nice seltzer is great. You know, I mean, should even an iced tea from back in the day, right? Like at least have something. I I was such a bitch. Cause I think that's like, what is starting to emerge. And I, I think that's great. You know, that is something where then you don't, you're not really being asked if it's, if it's out there, you know, you don't have to be like, do you have anything else but water? Like it, you just right. you can, you can go and have a ginger beer and no one's going to know the difference. Yes. Here. And it, what I normally say too, is like the people that are really looking at you and they're kind of, analyzing you and seeing what you're drinking, maybe they're thinking about themselves. And look, I can't make that straight statement and just go, okay, that's like for everyone. But if you're very concerned with what I'm drinking, then maybe you're a little bit concerned with what you're drinking Mm -hmm. because most people don't really care or give a shit. Like they are just (laughs) Uh. whatever. So I, I find that a lot as well. Yes. One of the things that I never got and I still don't, I'm going to have to ask my friend Chris Marshall over at Sands Bar and maybe he can give us a really good description and perhaps you'll know this, but I see this term shrub around a lot. Like there's, for instance, this virgin apple shrub hot toddy recipe. I'm like, what the motherfuck is a a shrub? You have to prep an apple shrub for a few days. You can buy this shrubbery. And we're not talking like 
outside of your house shrubs. I don't get it. So just know that that's a thing. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's fancy. I've been to, yeah, I've been to Sands Bar, but I no, I did not know that. Shrubs. I'm going to ask Chris because he's he's the mocktail master. Um, but yeah, so for me, I let's talk about favorite non-alcoholic drinks and just what's easy. So for me, my go-to, and I think you talked about this earlier, a, a ginger beer with I put club soda in it. I even do a half and half with a lime and even just putting that on a rocks glass or something. Another drink that I think people forget about how easy it is and what, you know, just looks like is like a lemonade. Typically people have lemonade everywhere. And of course, you know, the sugar content and some people are worried about that as well is just to put a splash of that in a club soda and just make it a little like, you know, kind of a tart thing. There's so many things, like you said, that you can do. I would, what I'd love to talk about too, is on the eating side. Now, I don't know that you have experienced issues with eating disorders. Yeah, I haven't either, but I know in some of the groups that we are in, there are a lot of women that deal with having to be exposed to foods. Like, and we think about this as I complain as an alcoholic that everywhere I go, there's alcohol being offered to me. But can you imagine if your vice was food and like everywhere you go, there's food and how do you deal with that? And so some tidbits for the listeners, if that is something that is your vice that I have heard from other women that do have or have had issues with disordered eating is to just be prepared is, and and it's the same with the alcohol and it's the same really with anything else is just be prepared. So if you know that you're going to a gathering, which you know what, at this season, like 2020, we're not having those issues so much, which is so nice. I mean, I mean, being in quarantine is kind of nice not to have to like really face all these things so much, but it it's, it's an issue too, for people being home and not being able to spend time with their immediate family. But on the, on the, the food end of it, similarly to the alcohol is going to a party and being prepared. So eating your food, preparing whatever it is that you would normally have for a lunch and then going in satisfied and full to an event. Um, If, if you know that there's a trigger for you, that's going to be there is what's your self care that you can participate in before you get there. So I know that, you know, if cheese is your vice and you're going into this place and they're literally going to have like, you know, tons of different types of cheese and finger foods and those sort of things is to work around that mentally before you get there. And to also have an out, right? If you get there and you realize maybe this wasn't the right thing for me because I feel triggered, then how can you get out of there easily enough without feeling you're offending anyone? And honestly, back to what you said earlier, and I I fully believe this, if there are people taking offense to something that you're doing to help yourself, then that's really something on them, right? That they need to deal with versus you as, oh, I'm a pain in the ass because I can't eat this or because I'm triggered by that. And you should feel empowered and you should feel powerful knowing that you are making decisions for your health, whether that be drinking or eating or even mentally, you know, being in a chaotic situation and, and just saying, you know what, this isn't the right place for me right now. Right. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. So 10 years in January. Now, are you doing anything exciting? What do you do for a 10 year? I haven't drank or drugged or well, pandemic. 
So <laughs> we'll get a big fat ten-year coin. Um, what do I do for a ten? You know, I just, I just look back and I think yeah. how life has changed and how like. And my daughter, it's like my 11-year-old and my 7-year-old, like they see such a different mommy because of it. It's like there's mm-hmm. so much joy in it. And, yeah, we'll celebrate. I'll probably have some sort of – Ray will probably do something where we all go out and my friends will drink and I won't. And it's, it's – it is. It's like, you know, there's there's a saying, you know, in the rooms that says, you know, it – you know, Three, day 365 is just one day before 366 and you shouldn't sell you know you celebrate but you don't really put a lot of weight onto it but at the same time you know I'm like 10 years is 10 years like I never thought in the beginning I get here so to celebrate it a bit yeah yeah and you know my nephew didn't know he's 15 he didn't know that I don't drink he it's just something like I guess we never talked about nor like my sister had ever talked to him about it and I just told him and um recently and I said grandpa doesn't drink either and he, his actual reaction was like wait you don't drink I'm like okay John <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like you're this crazy normally I was like all right all right but you know at 15 like I want him and I want him to understand, you know, like I do think this is a key time for him, you know, with the pressures of growing up and I'm not like I'm going to ever like, you know, um, preach to him or anything. I just want him to understand like this is something that I do and that I take, you know, like I do for Abby and Brooke and it's so, yeah, I'll celebrate. I'll celebrate this in a way where, you know, whether it's going out to whatever it is, it's just being with the people that have supported me along the way that I, you know, have caused a lot, you know, have my mom there of all the Thanksgivings I ruined because I spent it up in my bedroom that I grew up in while I was at, you know, like it just stuff like that. Like I, it's just giving back. It's just yeah. giving back and, and being able to say, now I'm present. Now I'm here. Now I'm like, that's, that's huge. And, and yeah, like I just, I just, I love it. I mean, I can't imagine it being any other way right now. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just growth. That's just, you, you know, you don't get there overnight. And I recognize that. And, you know, there's a lot of women in our groups that don't understand the recovery, not not that they don't understand it, they're not ready to recover out loud. And and that's fine. You all get on your path when you get on your path and your journey is your journey. But you know, like, I, I feel very empowered by it, because it's, you know, I hope to help somebody else down the road, I hope to just speak my truth and be able to be me. And I, you know, it's, it's actually more awkward when I go to events now, which I never really thought when I walk into a van, they're like, Dare I have lines? I have this, I have this. I'm like, All right, all right, all right, right. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> like, when everyone knows me so well now, they're like, We have this, we have this, we have that. I'm like, All right, all right, okay. It's yes. nice. But at the same time, I'm like, Please, please, please don't put me as. Don't make a fuss. <laughs> don't make a fuss because I'm your one sober friend. Exactly. You know? Worry about all your bottles of Savion Blanc. You know? <laughs> But it, it's funny. It's just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I'm thrilled. That's amazing. Well, congratulations, because it is an order that is a huge milestone. 
like you said, it's something that, uh, yes, day 366, right? It's the one day before or whatever you said. <laughs> whatever you said, it made sense when you said it. I love it. And it's so true. You know, I think back to when I first started my recovery and I have a tracker on my phone and I would just be so excited when there was like a new, I created my own milestones, right? It's like, it's been 200 days. It's been 202 days. And I would send snapshots to my few friends that I have talked about. And so now I like, I have no idea. I'm like, uh, uh, and I'm just so glad to be to that place where it's like, it's just not part of me anymore. And I love it. Um, and so I think it's important for people like you and I who have gotten to that place in recovery to share our stories so others have hope and are inspired. And I think that's what this podcast is about. So I appreciate you being on with me today. Um, one last thing before we go, I wanted to check in with you during this psycho time in the world. What are your plans for Christmas? I mean, what are you doing? I think my sister will host. Um, yeah. He has a nice house out in Cold Spring Harbor and it'll just be her family, mm-hmm. her husband, her two kids and uh, me and my family and my mom and dad. Yeah. And we'll keep it to that. Yeah. Um, we'll keep it small, but you know, my mom is, um, she's very scared. She's mm-hmm. got a, like, a lot of depression. She's very, you know, this time is like very, she, you know, I mean, who doesn't hate it, but she's just has this mental illness that kind of, mm-hmm plays into it. And so for her to not be with her family on Christmas is a lot more daunting than, than um, not being with your family because you're being protective. So I think right. we do it safely. Like I had her here for Thanksgiving. You can, you can do it the right way. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you do have to make a decision. I'm, and I'm not like, look, I'm not going to have my sister and my sister-in-law and the whole family. Like we're not going to have this like huge shindig, right. but I just want my mom to be with her grandkids because that, you know, sometimes your mental Mm -hmm. health has to outweigh anything, you know? So that's important to me. So I I do believe that is what we will do. I talked about it with my sister, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Santa will come and my kids will get spoiled and like that'll all happen. It's COVID's given me a lot of time to shop. Sorry, Linda. I always mention her. You know, she'd be like, Dare you the worst. I'm like, I know. I know. And, um, Linda Parmar, she's one of the. Uh, oh, she's financial recovery. She's great. Don't get me wrong. She's great. She, she, I would be her ideal client. But <laughs> what do you mean right you would? Now. Maybe that's what you should do for some self care yourself in January. We're actually going to have her tips and tricks to not overspending the holiday s- season on the recovery hour soon as well. So you'll right, get to I, know. And I would be like, too late, too late. <laughs> for next year right okay well thank you so much for your time i appreciate you and happy holidays happy happy holidays i i love this thank you for listening to this episode of the recovery hour podcast successful podcasts equal subscribers and good ratings please take a few minutes to rate review and subscribe to learn more about me your host Lori Windfell jump on over to the recoveryhour.com here you'll find information on my coaching and speaking practices as well as information on guests of the show if you're still listening to this and you haven't subscribed to my mom yet what are you doing you're lame so go do it right now all right all right calm down sorry about that
He's just really excited for this to be successful since I've been spending all of my free time on this project and not with him. While you aren't lame, as my son suggests, I would really appreciate a few minutes of your time to subscribe. While it doesn't seem like much, it really does help my goal in spreading the word of recovery. Until next time, let's continue to inspire, live, and give.